Sports Unfolded, episode six of season two. Also, episode 52, if you want to count, which means a full year. So we have officially hit our full year, one year mark of Sports Unfolded. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I am your Yeah, we didn't even miss a week. Yeah, my main man, Ron, right there. We haven't missed a week. How are you doing today, Ron? I am doing well. I'm fired up for the the final show we have today. That uh, might be the biggest show we've done so far because there is um, so much to cover. And I say that every week, but this week we're definitely going over an hour. I can guarantee that because there's a lot to cover. So this weekend, right, this Sunday, very big matchup. Correct? So you would think that's going to be our leadoff story. But no, we're going to go into our leadoff story, which happens to be the NBA and this blockbuster deal of these two gentlemen on the screen right now, James Harden and Ben Simmons were both traded for each other yesterday in a blockbuster deal. The Philadelphia 76ers received James Harden and Paul Millsap, while the Brooklyn Nets received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond, plus two first-round draft picks. Your first impressions of the uh, trade itself. Brooklyn is laughing their butts off right now. Because they basically just stole that trade. Agreed. Like, okay, first of all, if, like, there's obviously was a problem with Kevin Durant and and Harden. Uh, And it looks like Durant didn't even want to pick him for the draft for the All Star game. Yeah, it looks like Kyrie as well. There was an issue with him and Kyrie as well. Right. And, you know, because look, Kevin Durant. As much you can, as you can criticize him from jumping from team to team, the man just wants to play. Yeah. And he wants to play hard and give everything he can to win a championship, no matter where he is. I think you ultimately can't he wants to say that for other players. Yeah. He wants a guy that was going to be there, wanted to play. That wasn't Harden. Right. Uh, I started to look at the numbers overall. So Philadelphia is 32 22 right now, fifth in the East, three games back of first. If, if they get top quality Harden. So a lot of rumors have come out that Harden was faking the injury. He's not really hurt. Did just didn't want to play in Brooklyn. So ultimately we could see if he comes back and he's James Harden of old him and Embiid, that's a one, two combination that that's should be fit in the East right. Brooklyn, 29, 26, eighth in the East, six and a half back, but they've lost 10 straight now. So to me, they had to do something that was going to shake up. That, yeah. that roster. Um, James Harden right now averaging 22.5 points per game, eight rebounds, 10 and 10.2 assists. But he was shooting 41.4% and 33.2% from three, which are both below his career average. So he wasn't shooting well. No. You pick up Millsap's numbers are realistically not even worth mentioning. Uh, didn't contribute much. But then the Ben Simmons factor for Brooklyn. Obviously, he hasn't played this season, which we've discussed in the past. Right. But if they can get the Ben Simmons that's going to average 15.9 points a game, 8.1 rebounds, 7.7 assists, shoots 56%, don't take a three because you won't need him to because he shoots 14.7% for his career. We know he's not a three-point shooter. If he plays defense, he distributes the ball, he rebounds. This is exactly what Brooklyn needs. Yes. And then the key piece, Seth Curry, 
15. Oh my god, I can't believe they got right? him in that. How did they throw that? 15 With points the first round picks. I... Ron, he's shooting 48.5% from the free uh, from the from the field, 40% from 3. And yeah. he's shooting about six threes a game. Yeah, that's so, line. So you look at the numbers that from Harden to him, Seth Curry's a better pickup and a better shooter right now than than James Harden was for the Brooklyn Nets. And then you get Drummond on top of it, who's averaging six points by eight, almost nine boards a game. Right. And shooting 53%. It makes okay. no sense. And then Look. you get two draft picks on top of it. Yeah. And, and this is why I say they're laughing. You know, they're just, this they, is they must be giddy in Brooklyn. Yeah. Giddy. Because first of all, and look, and Philadelphia does win on this trade also, because let's face it. Ben Simmons was there, but he never he wasn't playing and he wasn't going to play. Mm -hmm. So you picked up somebody, you know, without really trading anybody. Because well, they traded Curry and yeah. you know, and Truman, you know, that's a lot to give up as well. Uh, I think in the long run, I think it's really gonna hurt Philadelphia, you know, deeper in the playoffs than you know, first round, let's face it, first round they'll probably win, you know, easy peasy, yeah. right? But after that, it's going to be much more difficult. And so, Ben Simmons, you give him like three weeks, and he'll be he'll be back. I'm sure he's in shape, not game shape, but in shape. You know, he just has to get yeah, into a game again. shape and yeah. get that stamina built up, and that'll take about three weeks for a professional and, athlete. And again, that's about how long it took Luca. Yeah, there's been a knock on on Harden as well. Look, this is the second team now that he's asked to get off of. So you got to start to question his desire and motivation. Yeah. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining in. But I don't believe that, and, and I don't agree with Dan here, that Simmons doesn't stink. No. Simmons is just not a quality outside shooter. He does a lot for you uh, on the court. If you think about the fact that, look, the team they have, if they can get Kyrie to be a full-time player, which is still in question, New York laws may change, and he may be able to do that soon. Kevin Durant. Stays healthy. Who's your top two shooters? Them guys. Yeah. Now you brought in a Seth Curry as well. There's your third shooter. You don't need Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter to take shots. Yeah. And then you also have Drummond in there getting the board. So, right. So, uh, I, and then I, I you just, just kick it out. Yeah. So, again, I, I think to your point, Brooklyn made out in this deal. Dan is always right. Uh, but you, you have to, you have to un question. What Philly's thinking. The only thing that I did see that Harden did opt in for next year. So instead of them losing him after this season, he will play again next year for them. So again, if he's motivated and he wants to be there and he plays hard, it's a very good two one two punch. Yeah. If Harden plays like he did in Brooklyn, that Philadelphia just basically threw away their their entire see, opportunity. They're, they're in the same boat as the Celtics, really. You know, they have a one-two punch. Why do you got to bring that up? Which we're going to discuss. Punch. Yeah, we got a one, little NBA. isn't going to do anything. We've got more NBA coming. Exactly. I agree with you. But let's move on to what we should have led off with, and that's going to be Super Bowl 56. And it's going to obviously feature the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. What are your thoughts initially on the big game here? Well, we were talking a little before the show and look, yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah. Um, it could be one of those deals. The last quarterback with the ball, 
wins. Yeah. So statistically, I mean, they're they're pretty even. They both average twenty seven point one points a game. They're both giving up about twenty two points a game. They're they're almost even on turnovers, penalties. So there's a lot of similarities to these two teams, which you wouldn't have thought of originally when you when you started to look at it. Here's where I started to really break it down, though, and I started to to think that this is where, to me, the Rams win the uh, win the game. Yeah, it's I all about know you, yeah. It's all, it's all about up front in the defense in that offensive yep. line. Yep. And I was talking to a few people this week, and you know they they're picking my brain, I'm picking their brain, and I said, look, at the end of the day, Cincinnati shouldn't have been here. When you get sacked nine times in a in a game, that isn't based yeah. off of you know, you know, you performing well, that's based off of the fact that the other team failed to do what they needed to do to win that game. Right. I, I, you should not win a game after giving up nine sacks. No, but, so, but they did correct that problem in the next game. They did. And I think they only gave up two sacks or yeah. a sack, but again, you're talking about a different pass rush. Mm-hmm. Look at the pass rush that the, the oh, Rams have with Von Miller Aaron Donald, and and again, we talked about the, the three levels. They have a basically a Hall of Famer with Ramsey as well, just to try to shut down Chase. That so if if Ramsey can do his job on Chase enough to slow that that passing game down, think about now this pass rush coming at Burrow uh, consistently. And it, Dan's already picking the Bengals. If you if you believe in the Simpsons, they got the Bengals winning 34-31. They've already predicted it because they the Simpsons seems to do it. Manny, thanks for joining. Manny has become a bandwagon uh, Bengals fan. Uh, he's <laughs> already told me that, so he's normally a Cowboys fan. Yeah, they only let Mahomes oh score three God. in the second half, which is a fact. Poor soul. But when you look at the fact that was it really about Cincinnati's defense or the fact that Mahomes just seemed to wilter away in that game? To me, he made a Mahomes made a bad decision at the end of the f- the the first half of that game when he threw the ball to Tyreek Hill, and they didn't even get three points from it. And then in the second half, Mahomes looked like a completely different quarterback. So I I wouldn't again. Cincinnati, I don't think won the games as much as the other two teams basically let them win the game. If that makes any sense. Since he also had two other reliable receivers. And again, listen, I don't think, and I agree with Ron, and I agree with you, Ron. I think it's going to be a close game. Might come down to to a late field goal, pushes it to 10. But I think it's going to be a seven to three point game most of the the time because they are, they're pretty even. I just feel like you have to look at that defensive line and their offensive line and say, look, they, they had the third worst pass protection in the NFL this season going against the number one sack team in the league. So there's a big disparity there that you have to kind of at least factor that in. Oh, absolutely. You know, every look, everything is a factor, okay? Look, we know uh, Matthew Stafford can throw the ball. Yeah, without a great arm. Cooper Cup, one of the best wide receivers this year. But – at the same time, I think Burrow is actually the better quarterback. Well, now, that's a bold statement. Uh, no, I just I... think the progression, you know, the history, you know, I think, I think Burrow is a better quarterback. 
But again, if that offensive line does not contain Von Miller and Donald, and what is it, uh, Floyd? Yep, Floyd, Floyd on the outside as well. Uh, it's going to be a long, long day um, for Burrow, but he's going to hang in there and he's still going to make completions and make them pay at some point. And I think he's good enough to do that and keep them in the game and keep it close. So now it ultimately won't result in a win in my opinion, but. So here, and ultimately what I've, what, what you're saying is this Cincinnati has to be able to control the line of scrimmage. How you do that is by running the ball. So you keep the pass rush honest. The LA Rams were only gave up in the playoffs so far, 54 yards a game. Mm -hmm. They don't let you run the ball. So if you can't run the ball to take away the pass rush, what do you think they're going to continuously do? Rush the quarterback. Right. To me, that's where you're, you're going to start to see the difference. That's where an unforced turnover happens, and that's what's going to be the difference in this game. But I know as, as everybody wants the Bengals, it's a nice story. It's a fun story. But you ultimately got to look at the two teams and say, what are the strengths and the weaknesses? And to Dan's point, a lot of teams have figured out the pass rush. But their offensive line hasn't figured out how to block all season. Yeah. This well, isn't a, this is this why the most important player in Cincinnati this game is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has the skills to get more than 54 yards a game. You know, he look, – look, I think he was probably the third best running back in the league this year. Henry, Taylor – Mixon. Like that like Mixon was huge for this team. And when he's having a good game, it's hard to stop Cincinnati because you have to worry about the run and the pass when he's on. And but that's the thing. Are they going to be able to run the ball? You know, run the ball effectively. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to run it effectively at the right times. And with Mixon, I think they can do that because he can also catch the ball out of the backfield, you know. And he's he's going to be the key to the game. It's going to be it's going to be a fun game. Listen, I'm excited. Sunday, tune in uh, at uh, 12 12 p.m. on Sunday. We're going to do our Super Bowl preview show as well, and we'll discuss more. We're going to obviously Eastern do Standard our, Time, Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to do our predictions uh, later on in the show. So we'll see how that is. Oops. But let's, yeah, so far. All right, you're ahead of me now, finally. <laughs> let's look at uh, the NFL also presented uh, their NFL honors last night. We're just going to discuss a few of the winners and see if you agree. So um, the one that stood out to me more, more than anything, rookie of the year, uh, Jamar Chase. Mac Jones finished second. Agree, disagree? I agree. I you thought Chase was Mac, just huh? that good. Okay. You know, he was that good. Um, I don't think either one would have been wrong. Okay. All right. Defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. Right. Dominated. I get it. Jamar Chase. That's an agree for Manny, the bandwagon Bengals fan. Um, offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. This is where oh, I had a problem. Yeah. Like, why, it, like give him like, rookie why of the year with somebody else. The offensive rookie of the year, then, to me, well, that just makes more sense. I just don't like. 
I don't like having a rookie of the year and then having two different categories again. Yeah. So you're either going to do offense and then defense or because offense. Yeah. If he's rookie of the year, then he has to be offense. And then defense would have to be Parsons. <laughs> yeah. Which he is defensive rookie of the year was Mike, yeah. Micah Parsons. Yeah. Uh, so again, you think about what he, he meant to the Dallas Cowboys and how he changed that defense or, around. Um, and then even uh, Dan is a Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. He was uh, assistant of the year. Uh, named the system of the year. So you think about what he was able to do for that Dallas defense. Offensive yeah. player of the year, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Right? I, they dominated his numbers, almost 2,000 yards receiving. Um, what a combination, him and Stafford. And then Stafford actually has the number one guy with Calvin Johnson. So the guy – so whoever – so who had the most yards receiving. So you think about what Stafford's been able to do with some of these wide receivers – Maybe yeah. this is his opportunity to win a ring. Coach of the year, Mike Rabel. Yeah. And again, uh, you've got to think regular season, not postseason. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes where this gets a little hard is you want to I don't, think about I don't know about that one. I don't know about that Who would you one. name? Um, Who do you got? Who would be a coach uh, of the year? I would probably – I would actually either go Arizona or Cincinnati. Arizona too inconsistent. Yeah, again, but Cincinnati still got there into the playoffs. Yeah, and they and Kyla Murray was out for a while. What about you know? What about Matt Lafleur and Green Bay? In their record? No. Why not? They have a crappy division. Oh, here we go. You could say that about a lot of divisions. Well, Cincinnati wasn't in a crappy division. Jacksonville and Houston are in Mike Rabel's division. Right, right. That's why I wouldn't have taken him. Okay. MVP, Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP now. Mm-hmm. That's a only one behind Peyton. Peyton Manning has five. So, yeah, I don't know. If he retires now, I would have went with Tom. Tom's numbers—they were really good. I just say four <laughs> picks all season for Aaron Rodgers. I know, and it's I think tough, the NFL, you know that—that's a case that you know why not have co-MVPs there. You know, you know the funny thing is, you said it earlier when we before we even started the NFL. Never gets beat by anything, right? Mm-hmm. And we ended up leadoff story was the NBA. They did this for a reason, in my eyes, because there's so much controversy right now with what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. It's going to be what will MVP Aaron Rodgers do? They gave him the title, not saying he didn't deserve it, but I also feel like this is a great selling ploy for them to use this to say, all right, for the whole entire offseason, now we can talk about MVP Aaron Rodgers. Is he going somewhere else? So if you're saying it was rigged. It. Tom Brady wins it. MVP is retired. Does it really matter? Is that a story afterwards? This carries on for six months. Mm. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't make a decision. I'm not yeah, saying Then, then Tom Brady me. comes out of retirement. <laughs> Wait till my final thought, and I'll tell you how the NFL is rigged. So we're, we're, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's mm-hmm. talk, as we normally do, about a story where it's just someone who's acted completely stupid and we continuously have these stories with these athletes and coaches and it, and owners that make no sense. But Alvin Kamara got arrested after allegedly he allegedly he assaulted a man at a club. They were leaving about 630 in the morning. Kamara and his group stomped and punched the man, causing multiple injuries to the man, including a, a fractured orbital. What do you what do you think about the whole situation? Well, I mean, obviously, he's got to 
a nice hefty suspension coming, and it better not be no four games. It's going to be a season. Yeah, I would I think it, it has season. to. Like, he's going to do jail time. Possibly. And they talked about Listen, there's surveillance cameras, and we learned this from the Ray Rice situation. And obviously, Kamara yeah. is still a, a commodity in the NFL, yeah. so you already know if you can play, you're still going to get picked up by a team. But yeah. he's looking at at least 8 to, to, to 12 games, I would think. Yeah. Get the exactly. Why was the the Pro Bowl in no, Vegas I, is just I, asking for trouble? Yeah, and I no, agree I with mean, Manny. This is, you know, this is this is the whole thing. You know, it's like you can't control yourself. Only if imagine if you put all that energy into actually doing it, doing, you know, your filling your position the the proper way, you know, instead of, you know, just going through it half heartedly at the end of the season. Hey, Paula, thanks for joining. So look, let's look at this way too. And, and Manny just nailed it. And I'm glad Manny said that because if you look at it this way, think about all the problems that they've had in Vegas. No way he only gets fined in. No way. Absolutely not. Not with the video. They have no. video of him just cold cocking this guy eight times. And the guy never threw a punch back. He knocked him out and they were still trying to beat this guy up. Absolutely yeah. not. So, to me, Manny hit it on that. Think about all the issues they had in Vegas with some of these players. Look, I don't even it, like any sport being in Vegas, to be it's honest. A party with you. But everybody, listen, all these all these organizations now in these leagues are starting to go to gambling as one of their assets, and this yeah. is what's gonna cause the problem. Yep. So you watch, there's gonna be some big scandals coming. Yeah. Manny, thanks for that one, man. That was great. So I'm first this week, unfortunately, for this triple play. And I know how much you love being first, but I'm going to go first this week. So we are going to decide of these all-time Boston Celtics scoring, scoring leaders who we would start, bench, and cut. And the three players are John Havlicek, Paul Pierce, and Larry Bird. Did you get the first down? <laughs> I got a first down and more. First down, baby. So I – I had to. I looked at this in many different ways, and I try to use the Ron logic with the championships, and I still couldn't come up with it. This is tough. This was a tough one, but I started Larry Bird, and I started Larry Bird because twenty-four point three points a game, ten rebounds a game, six point three assists, twelve-time All Star, ten-time All NBA, three-time champion, three-time MVP, three-time All Defensive Player. He gives me a lot. So I am going to get rebounds, assists, plus the points, MVP. Clutch. I benched John Havlicek. 20.8 points a game, 6.3 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 13-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA, 8-time champion, 8-time All-Defensive. So not only does he know how to win, he knows how to defend. And we know how important that is to me. So I was like, I had to go there. I had to cut Paul Pierce. Yes, he, he's the second all-time leading scorer in Celtics history, but averaged 19.7 points a game, 5.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 10-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, one-time champion. Sam Jones and Chuck Howell. We're breaking them all out. We're breaking them all out. So that's how I had it. Start Larry Bird, bench John Havlicek, cut Paul Pierce. My friend, what do you got? 
for once, you are correct. Hey, we are right for again. Once you are correct. We do a couple triple plays now. Yeah, now, now, first of all, just with the eyeball test, Larry Bird is the obvious choice. I love the eyeball test with you. Yes, because that's you know I, that's I go by championships I and and what they bring to the table. Yeah. Look, I think Larry Bird is is probably you know top five or six all time. All time. You know, starts with Michael, you know, Magic, yeah. Bird, LeBron's up there somewhere, you know. Kareem. Well, Kareem. Yeah, we'll, so, Bill you know, Bill we Russell. Finish all day. Yeah. So, absolutely, Larry Bird belongs as the starter. And when you look at those numbers, Havlicek is obviously a winner. Yes. And I will never forget the call. Havlicek right, stole the ball. Yep. Right? Johnny Most. Never Johnny Most. Not Donnie Most. You know, Johnny Ralph Most. Mouth. It's Johnny Most. <laughs> Johnny Most. One of the greatest sports commentators I think I've ever heard. It's fantastic. His excitement. Fantastic. But, Boston yep. has always had great commentators, you know, throughout all the sports. And even he had Bird. Do you remember the Bird steal? Yep. That he passed the DJ. Yep. I, I loved it, man. I would yep. all day, every day, I could listen to that. And therefore, I cut Paul Pierce only one championship. The numbers don't stack up to the other two. Oh, Dan does not agree. And I would say this about Havlicek. So we we did the top three scorers in Boston Celtics history. So these are all ranked one, two, and three. Havlicek being one, Paul Pierce being two, and Larry Bird being three all time scorers. The way we do this triple play, though, too, you got to remember we're talking about if we were going to build a team. How would we build that team? That's why I think we come to these conclusions sometimes. How would yeah. we want to build that team? If I was going to, out of these three, I want Larry Bird on my team. Yeah, and, and, and think about him. think about Larry Bird. Um, he probably could have played longer if not for his back problem. Yeah, the injuries. The injuries definitely hurt him. You know, and he's, he started and he's, getting brittle. And, and the two of them are true Celtics, where Paul Pierce ended up going off and, and doing some other things for a little while there. So, yeah, that always that – always, you know, ruffles my feathers a little bit. Yeah. If you enjoy what you're watching, check us out every Friday night at 6 p.m. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can follow us on social media at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter, Sports underscore Unfolded on Instagram. Don't have time to watch? Listen to us on our podcast on Amazon, Anchor, Google, and Spotify. So many different ways to watch and listen. If you're in Southeast Connecticut, check us out on SEC TV. Every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. That's public access channel 12. You can definitely watch us there and then come follow us. It's a rebroadcast of this show every Friday. We love the fans joining. Manny, Dan, uh, Paula, thanks for joining tonight. We are fan interactive as well. If you chime in, we'll chime back. <laughs> so if follow us on Twitch. We'd love to get some more bits, some more subscribes. Definitely would help. Let's continue to do what we do. So we've got to talk some NBA and a little thing called the trade deadline happened last night. And there were some moves. If you'd like to sponsor us as well, good call, my friend. Rhode Island Broadcasting Media. What? Media Broadcasting? Bring that well, back up, my friend. Like to sponsor the show. Rhode Island Broadcasting.media at gmail.com. Reach out to, to us. We can definitely let you know what the, the rates are. Cheaper than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. 
for for you to get your your business advertised on our show. So check it out. Let us know, man. We could do so much for you. So right back to that NBA and the trade deadline. So the trade deadline was plentiful. There was a lot of big moves, a lot of things happening. We're going to discuss some of those. First one I'd like to discuss is Przingis to the Wizards for for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bartons. Ding dong. (laughs) Dan's ding donging. Johnny got fired for colorful hockey call. Oh, maybe. What do you think? What do you think of that trade? Uh, doesn't he like it's really doesn't matter. So what I did think they really get back for it. Dinwiddie is is playing well, but I looked at it this way: they really trying to get a piece to go along with Luca. Yeah, and they thought Przingis was going to be that guy, and they didn't get along at all. They just could no. not work together, and it's a big loss for Dallas, more so because of the fact that if Przingis is healthy and Luca plays the way he's playing again, scored 51 points last night. They would be a formidable one, two combination, similar to what we we're talking about with Harden and, and Embiid in, in Philly. Right. And yet Perzingis couldn't stay healthy. No. So it, it's a, it's a, it's just a shame. Cause it was a, like a two year run. They tried to make it work a year and a half and just couldn't get it to work. Yeah. Surprised he didn't come to Boston. No, please. They, it was rumored. I would have never. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. It's like you don't really Truth. want Porzingis, you know? Yeah. No, you don't. I'm going to skip over the Celtics parts right now, and we'll go to the, and then we'll bring, we'll finish up with the Celtics. Sergio Baca to the Bucks in a 14 deal. I oh, like this move. Oh, I love it. Right. I love I that what they need for him? Play some, <laughs> play defense, grab rebounds. They don't need him to score. He's only averaging like six points a game. They needed yeah. some toughness to make sure that they can make a, a, a run at defending the title. I like that move. Good luck going down that lane. That's all I can tell you. Right? Oh, man. Him, Giannis. Oh, yeah. oh how do you get a rebound on, on those two? Yeah, that's why ultimately it could have been Milwaukee that won the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah single-handedly. Well, well, never Brooklyn won the day. I'm just saying. Br- like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's won. Everybody's won. It could be 1A, but Brooklyn won that. Right. <laughs> won but what I'm a. saying is yeah. that going to translate to a championship. Yeah, that's good call. I like Milwaukee's chance right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Montreal Harris, Harold to the Hornets. I like it. Listen, yeah, he's, I mean, he's an energy guy. They needed an yeah, energy guy. It's like, you know. And they lost Gordon Hayward for the year. Yeah, so Look, they didn't sit it's, still. It's not going to do anything for you. Like, what is it going to do? No, they're a young, fun team. Yeah, but they're going to be young, fun, and out. Oh, man. <laughs> Karis Levert to the Cavs. Who'd and they give Ka- up? Ricky Rubio, who's out for the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so a great good move. Deal. Great move. Cavs, Cavs are staying in it. They're legitimate. They're, they're, they're a fun team. And I keep comparing them to like the Bengals. They're that team that nobody believes they can win it. Right. And they're just slowly, just continuously making sure they're in the race here. So I thought that was a good move. CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter for the the Pelicans because I think they're out of it unless, you know, Zion comes back, which I don't expect to happen. I was more disappointed the fact that they broke up in Portland, these these two dynamic guards. Like I'm surprised that they they did that to be honest with you. I, like 
I, look, I don't know if they can get back in the race or not, but that just sealed the fate right yeah. there. And it's just, yeah, you know, uh, Lillard's hurt. Uh, yeah. don't, not even sure I'll be out for a couple more months. Yeah. To me, it was just that they were so good together, and it's look, a shame. Lillard, is Lillard, how long is his contract? Uh, I think he's got another two years. So expect him to get traded during the offseason. I, I could see that happening. Bull Bull, yes, to the Yak Swally. Bull Bull got traded again. Yeah, he did. Tyrese Helburton and Buddy Heel to the Pacers, and the Kings got Sabonis. It was a good deal for the Kings. Oh, yeah. Sabonis is a very good player. But Halburton was actually one of the top rookies this year. And to me, and Buddy Heel's a shooter. Yeah. So the Pacers are trying to build something. Again, I think they're a year or two away. But at least you can see that they're not going to sit packed and, and not make. Yeah, they, I think they had a disappointing year. I thought they were going to have a better year than what they did. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is growing pains. They took a step back, but sometimes you have to take a step back to get two, three steps forward. Yeah. And I think they're going to be much better next year, especially with that trade. I, I think that's going to ultimately help them. Agreed. And, and I think when we did our pick and roll with the NBA coaches, we had Carlisle on the, one of the top couple spots. Yeah. We believe he's a really good coach and thought this was going to be a good fit. Maybe some of these moves ultimately help them down the road. Yeah, I think I think it might be, you know, player coach relation. Yeah. In this that might be involved here. I'm not saying that, you know, one was just over the edge you know it just might not have meshed well and yeah. you know for whatever reason they do this this trade getting rid of sabonis and and trying to build for the next for next year and i think what they did is going to help them next year yeah agree we have to talk about the celtics <laughs> as much as i don't want to we have to talk about the celtics so mess. listen, and one one move I liked, one move I didn't like. Gee, which move did you like? I'm not a big fan of the Than Daniel Tice back to Boston for three players. Ah, uh, especially three, the three players. players like Dennis Schroeder, who was actually legitimately playing well for us. Yeah, Enos Freedom, and then Bruno Fernando, who again was just a role bench player. But you give up Schroeder, who was your true point guard. In the other deal, you pick up Derek White. And when I looked at his numbers, decent. He's okay. Again, opportunity maybe with a better team around Tatum and Brown. That helps. But I didn't like giving up Josh Richardson either. No, that's the one that I didn't like giving up. So I I, I just – the players they got rid of. But, again, what I was hearing was Josh Richardson was going to be a free agent. We were going to lose him. So was Schroeder. We were going to lose him. So I understand why Brad did what he did. Because he was going to lose the players. I just don't know if what you got in return. And Daniel Tice, no. to me, was a good player. Not right. a three-player three, three player deal for no. Daniel Tice. Doesn't and not Schroeder and Richardson. Like, I mean, yeah. come on. Right? The, the, look, either player I wouldn't have traded for just Tice. Like, if Schroeder for, Schroeder for, for Tice, I would not do. And I probably wouldn't do... Richardson for Tice either. And I like Tice. I like Tice when he was in Boston. I, I, I thought it was a big loss when they when they lost him. 
Uh, just yeah. because he again, hustles, he works he's hard. That high energy guy, and it, it, yeah. it helps. But you just—I don't know where they're heading. And I'm just trying. I understand this cap, and they're trying to get under the cap. It's frustrating. And then they picked up Bo Bowl and PJ Dozier basically to trade them away for a draft pick. Yeah. And it's a second round draft pick. Like well, how many second round draft picks deal. do you know work out? I mean, yeah. How many second round? Isaiah Thomas, I think, is the only second round draft pick that I could think of that's really been one of the tops. Yeah. Uh, and Jokic. And Jokic. What's going to happen to this? What? Dan, I can't say that. So oh, we, do not put that up. <laughs> So we obviously uh, a lot with the NBA, but we're going to go to your number one topic. And we're going to talk about your team and some disappointing things with your team. So we're going to talk first about the Brad Marchand six-game suspension. Mm. Um, the fact that I, when I was reading about this, eight times in his 13-year career, he's been suspended. He is currently appealing this suspension, saying that it was stupid but he doesn't feel it was suspendable worthy. Do you agree? No. So what is Marsh like, Anthony? As soon as, soon as I saw it, as soon as it went down, I was like, here we go. And, and we talked about that during the hockey show. And I told you six games was, was probably what would be handed out. And with his reputation, it could have been 10. And which I thought it would be. I thought it would have been yeah. a double digit yeah. suspension. Um, I thought it was just, and we talked about it again. Like you said, I thought it was classless. Yeah, um, it, was. it made no sense. Uh, you hurt your team when Bergeron went down. And right. knowing and, that and that's Bergeron the whole thing. was down. You like, know Bergeron is out. And let me tell you, look, these players knew what happened. They, they know what the result was. So he already knew that Bergeron had a head injury. Like, let's make no bones about it. This is a head And again, who's, who's had a history of concussion? So it's not right. like, hey, this was a one-time right. thing. So you immediately kill your team for the next, I don't know how long. It depends on how long Bergeron's out. If Bergeron is out six games, well, you just got six losses probably. Because now you have the top line with Howler, Hall, and Pasternak now has to go against their best defensive teams, the best defensive lines. Yeah. And it was so bad last night that Bruce Cassidy had to change the lines and he pulled Haller off that line and put Studnika, who had who was probably the best player last night. And that's that's not good so, if Studnika is your best player. So you are obviously a Bruins fan. You've made no uh you know Oh yeah. Qualms about hiding that fact. So let me ask you this: Is it time for Marshawn to possibly be going from Boston? I, I don't think they will. Uh, but is he really benefiting the team if you can't trust the fact that when he's on the ice, there's always an opportunity for him to do something? And we and we I think we discussed right, it and, at, almost that Dennis Rodman type of mentality where once they get so heated. You can't control them enough to know that they're going to do what's best for the team and not do what they feel they need to do for themselves. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I know, look, I know Don Sweeney isn't looking to shop him. He's probably pretty upset, though. And he will entertain offers. 
Make no bones about that. We, you know, depending on how long Bergeron is out is really going to dictate a lot. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's a shame. Such a good player. One of the top players in the NHL. Yeah. This is the one knock on him. He that, might be the best all around player. And it's, it's just a shame because again, it's, it's, it's a, obviously a mental thing. Oh, absolutely. And just the, the fact that he just can't get out of his own head to, to not make dumb decisions. And you, to his point, he said, stupid. Well, yeah. stupid sometimes can get you suspended and he needs stupid to understand is, that. Stupid does. <laughs> we learned that. So let's talk about a, a, a guy that, that honestly, I know, you know, personally, it must be a little, you know, tough for you because he decided to retire and that would be Tuka Rask. So we're yeah. going to bring his picture up. He announced his retirement after uh, his attempt to come back from uh, uh, injury. What do you think his place is in Boston Bruins history? Well, he's first or second in every major category for goaltending. Most games played, most games won. Yep. Second in shutouts, third. He's tied for third uh, with save percentage. 308 wins, 165 losses, 66 ties, 52 shutouts in his career with Boston. Yeah, the biggest thing that you lose out on is stability. Look, you know, every offseason, the Bruins had two things that they didn't have to worry about. You didn't worry about your top-line center, and you didn't worry about your goaltender. Well, this is going to be a rough offseason because you don't have the guy that is so calm in that net. He plays all the angles perfectly. He very rarely misses an angle. Yes, we all know that he gives up a, a soft goal here and there. Every goaltender does. But he brings that calmness with the, the players in front of him and they play so well because they're more relaxed as opposed to what you saw last night where a goaltender can't control a rebound, can't control, you know, where he kicks it out to or who he kicks it out to. And it goes right to the top scorer, Aho, and he buries it easily. You know, this is this is the problem. And this is why there's mass panic when you get the Bruins playing in front of him. And that's why it seems like there's always two, three, four shots at a time because they can play so well in a game and then still give up the goals because there's that moment of panic yeah. where they give up all these shots in a row. Yeah. And I think it was what Pittsburgh. They outshot Pittsburgh right. in North Florida, too. So. They outplayed Pittsburgh the entire yeah. game, except for one minute in the yeah. second and period. They give those goals you up. Know? Dan seems to that Marshawn outweighs anything negative about him. So. I guess Stan would keep marching regardless. It is true, and that's right now the case. But how many – like, is there going to be another suspension this year? This is what we have to worry no, about. If there's another suspension, then you're talking 10, 12 games, probably 12 because it'll double again. So <coughs> if that's the case, you're talking yeah. possible playoff time that you miss. Yeah. So speaking of playoffs, that and I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, and again, wow. Dan, Rask, Rask is the bomb. He was worth the, the price of the ticket. I, I started to look at it this way. So one of the things that everybody knocked on him 
was the fact that he didn't win a cup. And we looked at, I looked at his numbers. He was 57 and 46 in the playoffs. So he played 104 games in the playoffs for the Bruins. His save percentage was better than his regular season yeah. save percentage. And his goals against were better than his goals against. In, it in really wasn't season. his fault so, when they yeah, lost. <laughs> exactly. So it was more about the team not getting the, the goals they needed to get yeah. versus Tuka Rask not playing well in the playoffs. Right, and I think that's a like, knock. But that's a knock that Bruins fans. Yeah, but that's a knock the Bruins fans have on Tuka. He didn't win a right. cup. And it wasn't, right, to right. your point, it's not Tuka's fault. I, to me, no. he's probably the best goaltender in, in Boston Bruins history or, or right up there with the top. Yeah, right. And then and, and after that, it, to me, it's, it's Tuka Rask. Everybody wants to put yeah. Tim Thomas because he won. No, he won a cup, but he's his, career he, was his, numbers, his, his career. Yeah, exactly. His numbers weren't even close to what Tuka he Rask. had. Probably one of the best playoff runs I've ever seen for a goaltender yeah. and winning that cup in 2011. But outside of that, Tuka has been better. Chocolate. Tuka should have had a, a cup. When they played St. Louis, they were up in the series. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a shame that, uh, you know, his career went out without actually getting, being able to get a, uh, yes, yes. A cup. Cause it I think that would have, that would have, uh, ultimately made him probably considered the greatest goaltender in, in Bruins history. Yeah. So we are going to put up our timer. We are going to do our face-off. What's the face-off? And our face-off is, do you agree with the NFL playing games overseas? Just They just added Germany for next season. They already have three in London and one in Mexico next season as well. So five games overseas. You want to bring that timer up? Who's going to go first? I'm first. You're first. Like for or against? I am, I am, uh, I am actually, um, I'm against this. I am against this. I'm going to tell you why I'm against this. To me, it's a disadvantage to the teams that travel over back and play. The time zones, I've never watched one of these London games at 9 a.m. in the morning. I don't care for them. I don't understand why the NFL thinks it's important to do it. It takes away fans to me. You're trying to get games on from 9 a.m. in the morning to to 11 o'clock at night. And it's just, there's too much. Sometimes too much is too much. And now you're going to go to Germany. I don't know what that time zone is or what that's going to look like. Is this going to be like Saturday night at midnight? We're playing this game because it's got to be on at one o'clock in the afternoon. I, I just don't understand what we're doing. It's hard enough when teams got to go West Coast, East Coast, and you hear it all the time, the time difference and the travel and how difficult it is. When they got to go overseas, to me, it just makes it a disadvantage when they come back. A lot of these players have not been able to bounce back for a couple of weeks after having to go overseas. And it's just, to me, a disadvantage for, for teams in the NFL. Uh, well, again, you're completely wrong, of course. Not, not even close. Okay, first of all, now we have five games, okay? So that's 10 teams that are going to have the same, the same problems. So with that, you are also expanding the, the football, football that – everybody is starting to gain interest in. So it is more than just playing the games there because the NFL is eventually going to settle roots there and possibly have a European league 
and then we can have football all year long, all year long. They failed. Yeah, it failed, but it's building up now because now all these all these places are starting to realize, oh wow, the Super Bowl is the most watched sport, basically. You know, it's the most watched game. And all these countries are going to start jumping in, and they're going to want it there, and they're going to want it there permanently. And summertime is when it'll happen. Not even close. You are so wrong on that. I am not wrong. A hundred percent. I'm not wrong. Hundred percent. You don't think that the NFL wants to dominate the NFL summer makes too? makes enough money as it is. Oh, did you? And they're not going to start another do, league. They got all these do, other leagues wait, going. Do they make enough? Do they, they make, make enough? enough? They make billions. You're going to tell these 32 owners that they make enough money? Yes. No. Okay. I will say it because they do. No, but they won't. They, one of they our, want more. This is one of our biggest pick and rolls I think we've ever had to do. So we got nine choices here. So we're going to rank. Chakra. We are going to welcome. <laughs> we're going to welcome everybody that comes up there. That's all virtual hug. Thank you. It is. That's awesome. Um. So we are going to rank these NFL coaches on how we feel they're going to do from least successful to best, most successful. And the nine coaches, so there's nine coaches we're going to do today, are Dennis Allen from the New Orleans Saints, Brian Dable of the New York Giants, Matt Elberfluss of the Chicago Bears, Mike McDonald of the Miami Dolphins, Josh McDaniels of the Las Vegas Raiders, Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Lovey Smith, Houston Texans, Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos, and soon to be announced, Kevin O'Connell from the Minnesota Vikings. So I am first this week, so I will start us off at number nine. Number nine. You believe we're saying that, Ron? Nine. Number nine. nine I'm going Houston nine. Texans. Number nine. Lovey Smith, the Houston Texans. They went four and 13 last season. They had the 32nd ranked offense, 31st defense. They got the number one, uh, the number three draft pick in this upcoming draft. There's still questions now with Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going to go on. So there's obviously a quarterback issue. And then to me, you brought in a guy who's already been in the organization. So what change do you really have? If you, he was the defensive coordinator for the Texans, they were 31st. You're now the head coach. I don't see much changing in Houston. At number eight, I went Matt Eberfluss, the Chicago Bears. They were 6-11 and 11 last season, 24th offensively, 6th defensively. They have no first-round draft pick. They traded it away. I think that hurts them. They have five of the top 100 free agents, including wide receiver Allen Robinson, leaving and there's still questions about Fields and if he's a real a legitimate quarterback in the NFL. And I think until they figure that out, I think he's going to struggle. At number seven, I went Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints. So nine and eight last season, just missed the playoffs, but they were 28th overall in defense, uh, offense, seventh in defense. They have the number 18 draft pick. But to me, there's concerns with the salary cap. We're unsure if they're going to even be able to afford any of their players. They have no starting quarterback to speak of right now. Jameis Winston, free agent. Teron Armstead, their top, one of their top uh, offensive linemen, is a free agent. They may lose both of those. Allen's a defensive coach. Their struggles were on offense. 
I don't see how this is going to really help them. I see them being about where they're at, maybe a little bit less. Number six, Mike McDonald. Oh, McDaniel, sorry. Mike McDaniel. So Miami Dolphins, 9-8 and eight last season, 25th offense, 15th defense, 29th draft pick in this upcoming season. How is this, how is this team going to respond to the Flores firing? I'm sure there's players that didn't agree with it, so I'm going to question that. And then they've got three key free agents in uh, Okbada, Gasecki, and Fuller. So to me, I'm not sure this is a good fit for them. Uh, and again, Tua, as their starting quarterback, I'm not 100% convinced that he's the best quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. At number five, I went Brian Dable, the New York Giants. They went 4-13 and last season, 31st offensively, 21st defensively. They have the number five and number seven draft pick in this upcoming draft. So here's an opportunity for them to really get some good quality players and help. Can Daniel, can Dable make Daniel Jones better? He's shown he proved that with Josh Allen. I think he can do the same with Daniel Jones. So to me, that's a good fit. The only key free agent is tight end Ingram, who may, may leave the team. Again, not a major loss. And they signed some good players. And they, you think about what Dable can do from an offensive standpoint. To me, I like this move. At number four, and again, he hasn't officially been announced, but Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota Vikings, they went eight and nine. They were 12th offensively, 30th defensively. Number 12 draft pick. Can he make Kirk Cousins a better quarterback? If he can, to me, they've got the one-two combination with Jefferson and, and Cousins. And to me, defense is a little easier usually to fix than offense. They already have a good offense, and he's an offensive mind. If he gets a good defensive coordinator in that, I think to me he, he's, he'll be successful. Which means that number three, almost done. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos. 7-10 last season, 19th offensively, 8th defensively. So very solid defense. Number nine draft pick. So they can get, obviously, a, a quality play, a top 10 draft pick. This is where the key is. Will they sign Aaron Rodgers? If Nathaniel Hackett can convince Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver, obviously the offense goes from 19th to probably top 10, if not top five. With a, with a top 10 defense, he's going to be very successful. Only free agent they really have of note is Melvin Gordon, the running back. Everybody can run in Denver somehow. You put a running back back there, they can do well in Denver. So at number two, Josh McDaniels, the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> ten and seven last season. The team oh made the playoffs. God. He's already got a playoff team. They were eleventh in offense, fourteenth defensively, twenty-second draft pick. The only question is, will they respond positively to the coaching change? If they do, he's already got a playoff team with quality defense. To me, this was the best team that was available out of all these teams. So it's all about Josh McDaniels and how he can correlate to his players. And if they buy into what he's trying to do, he's got the best team out of all of these teams. And you can't deny that. This is the only team that made the playoffs last year out of all these teams. Number one, Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars. And you say, what? I've got to be nuts. They went 3-14 and 14 last season. 27th offensively, 20th defensively. They've got the number one draft pick. They are finally getting an NFL quality 
head coach who's won a Super Bowl, who's beat one of the greatest coaches of all time in Bill Belichick. To me, it's all about stability. They got three wins last year. To me, they're a seven or eight win team this year under his leadership, which to me would be a, a major success and a major jump. So we're just doing success of one year? Who's going to be more successful next year with their team? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was only one year. Yeah, I thought it was just who's going to be they, more successful. No, this year. Who's going to? Which okay, guy right. is going to be more successful? But go ahead. That's my list. Okay. All right. Number nine. I have Eberflus. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be quarterback. The Bears. Yeah. Um. Look, nobody looked good as a quarterback there last year. Nope. No one. They still got Dalton, too. Yeah, I know they still have Dalton. So I still don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Um, I don't think Fields is ready. Nope. So could have Andy Dalton. So therefore, um, I don't think they're going to have a very good year. And they don't even have a first-round pick, like you said. Psst. No first-round pick. They're going to be, in, they're going to be hurting. Gonna be hurting. So number eight, I have Mike McDaniel of Miami. Wow. Um look, Flores got them to play winning football. I don't think he's going to be as good as Flores, and I think they take a step back and they will not win eight games next year. Okay. They will win maybe four or five. Wow. Okay. Number seven, Brian DeBold. Uh, look, I, I don't even know what they have at this point because every, everything was terrible in New York Giants football last year. Uh, I'm not sold on, on Jones as a quarterback. I don't think anybody in New York is sold that he's going to be the starting quarterback. Um, unless they make a, a trade or sign a starting quarterback that is good, they're going to be in for another long season because they're not – look, they're, they're the fourth best team in that division. They're not going to climb over all of them. They had the worst coach. Yes, Who's now an offensive assistant for the New England Patriots? So be ready for that. Yeah, yeah, just saying. Um, so yes, number seven, the Giants, the board. Number six, Dennis Allen of New Orleans. Um, again, don't know who's gonna be the quarterback there. Um, seventy million over the cap. Yeah, they they're gonna be in trouble, mm -hmm. and I, I, you know. I'm hoping that they can at least keep their defense intact. You know, it's questionable right now, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt right now. Um, so I put them at number six. That's a, that's one that could go way to the left or way to the right. Yep. Number five, I have Lovey Smith. Yeah, nuts. Look, he's, you know, he is a long time coach. Yeah. He's a good he's coach. Had, yeah, he is. 
And there may have been times where he did not have total control of what could be done. And I think he's going to shore up that defense, and that's going to be a big, huge step for Houston. And who knows? Maybe okay. Watson will stay. Okay. If he stays, that changes a lot of things. Yeah. Agree. So, um, so I have them at number five, expecting Watson to be playing there next year. Okay. So nine through five, we just had them in different orders. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're not too far off, actually. Uh, number four, I have Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. Um, look, that defense is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. They are literally a quarterback away from, from changing the landscape of the AFC. And, you know, if they pull off a trade, and it has to be a trade, he is not a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. You know, either one. And that changes that team. And that changes the the destiny for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Number three, I have Doug Peterson. He did such a fine job with Carson Wentz. You know, molding him to the champion that he is. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. He did. Nick Foles was better. Then who? Wentz? Wentz. That's not saying much. It says enough. Like, he supposedly gets credit for, for, you know, molding Carson Wentz. I'm not giving him credit for that. Frank Wright was the mold that got Carson Wentz. I'm just saying, you know. That's why he's in Indianapolis with him. But go ahead. Like, I went with Doug Peterson here because, like, you have to improve. Exactly. Just by default. But to me, just by default, five more wins. That team could. I would say three or four. But I don't think I don't think he's gonna be like, you know. Depends on what they get with that number one pick. What if they get it? What if they get a solid defensive guy number one? Yeah. What if? Okay. What if? It's still good. It's still good. Okay. All right. I'm not arguing with you. Go ahead. Number two, I have Kevin O'Connell. Uh. You know, it's like, look, I don't like Cousins, but out of all the teams here, at least he's a, a starting quarterback. <laughs> Can I say this? And I just thought of this. And I think they underachieved last year. As Matthew you know. Stafford is his quarterback this year. Yeah. And as as much as Matthew Stafford put up numbers, he couldn't win, right? Yeah. He's gotten him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If he can do the same with Kirk Cousins. Right. I mean, That's what I'm saying. That's why I put him at number two. I think yeah. the the fact that they underachieved last year, they should have been better. And, and you know what? The, you know why I hope they, they're successful? Because then every week when we pick games that we think of interest, Minnesota will be in it every week again. Because every Just week. Stop it. <laughs> well, they should have been. <laughs> I think it was a six-week run where they were the, the team of interest every week. Yeah, because it. like they, they should win. <laughs> number uh, number one, I have Josh McDaniels. You said it yourself. It is the only team that made the playoffs out of all of this crap. Like, you got to have success. If I you don't make the playoffs, you're a laughing stock. I think the only thing and the only issue I would say is the team loved Basachi. Yeah, they, they really did. they really rallied around that head coach, and he made them feel like they right. were special. Yeah. And I don't know if Josh is going to come in with the same mentality. So do guys quit on him? And that's the only know. fear I have. 
That's yeah. it. Other than that, but to your point, he's got if everything. If you want success, that's that's the way to do it, is have a team yeah. where you have a quarterback, you have receivers, you have defense. They got they got yeah, what they need. They've got everything. They've got everything. So he just needs to, to bring them back to the playoffs. And then oh, there's the success. Good. That was a lot, but we did pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Good job. I think so. Good job. I mean, clearly mine was right, but uh, good job. No, I was right. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympics. Uh, I'm going to give you the medal counts right now. And then, Ron, I know you've you've been watching a lot and, and have some stuff to go over. So Norway's currently leading with 14 medals total, six goals, three silvers, five bronze. No, Austria is tied with 14, four goals, uh, six silver, four bronze. Russia's Olympic Committee is 12th with 12, uh, sorry, 12 goals, two, two golds, four silvers, six bronze. I know there was some controversy there with some. Oh, yeah. So um, Canada's uh, got 12 as well. One goal, four silver, seven bronze. And then USA is tied with Italy with 10. Uh, USA has four goals, five silver, one bronze. Yeah. Um, one of those. A couple of stories with the. The, the yeah, Russian one of those Russian Olympic Committee team, um, they could lose one, yeah, because the uh, Camilla uh, Valiera, so close. I'm sure you. I'm sure you got that right. Uh, she tested positive for banned drug, trimetazidine. Yeah. Did you hear what it does? Did you hear what it does? No. It like like creates your heart to pump less blood or something so you don't get as tired or something like it's some crazy thing like yeah. how do they even figure that out but yeah this is a this is a, a country that is already under sanctions on their team name that's why it's russian you know olympic committee instead of russia yeah somebody's wrong um, but she will have a hearing uh, before the February 15th start of women's figure skating. Um, so so that will probably be most likely either Saturday, Sunday, or Monday because it would then start Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and I'm expecting the gold for the team competition to be stripped away because she helped that team win the gold. So that could be taken away from them. Uh, that is kind of despicable on Russia's part. Yeah, so if uh, we have any, if we have any fans watching in Russia, which we probably don't, because you're probably not allowed to watch us. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's it, you should be ashamed. Under suspicion from previous yeah, events, in, in, now in you do it again. So despicable. Sean White um, situation. Sean White. Yep, he. Did not get didn't a medal. get the medal, um, but he did, you know, acknowledge the crowd, you know, waving to him and the teary, yeah, uh, teary yeah, he, eyes he, and everything. Great Olympian, again, Absolutely. the things he's done for, the, for that sport just to bring put it on the map. Uh, yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, again, credit to him. Um, but that paved the way for a lot of people like Chloe Kim, who won gold in the half pipe. So. So what Sean White brought to the table filtered down to, you know, many of the snowboarders, yeah. you know, that we have now that can contend. And Chloe Kim, I believe she defended her half pipe from four years ago. So 
congrats to Chloe Kim. Um, another American that made lots of headlines, uh, Nathan Chen, men's figure skating. He won the gold. Um, his short program was a world record, 113.97 points. It was far and away the best score ever, not even close. No one came close to him. I, like, literally, he only needed, like, 48 points in the long program to to win gold. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he I believe last last time he, he, he lost – um, and he had basically was determined to make sure he won gold. Oh, yeah. This oh, yeah. Year. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Phenomenal. So that is – that's like the big story for Americans right now. Yeah. Like, like he just completely dominated. Um, hockey teams, men and women's. Oh, wow. Men won their first game 8 nothing over China. Um, China had a – they were pretty good in that first period. We'll just say that. First period. Eight nothing. Eight nothing. I like it. Okay. Well, it was one nothing after one. So. Okay. All right. I'll give him. Okay. Um, of course, with the China team, there's little, literally only six actual Chinese players. Just saying. The rest are Canadian and American. Okay. Um, the women just the semifinals now, right? Czech Republic. Yeah. Uh, for one in the quarters, they are waiting for tomorrow's game, Japan and Finland, and the winner will uh, play United States for the semis to try to get to that gold medal. And it would be a miracle if anybody uh, beats Canada in the semifinals because that's not going to happen. They just dropped 11 on, wow. on Sweden. I was watching that game. It was just like it was it was ridiculous. I, I think there was like two minutes left in the game and Sweden had nine shots on goal. Wow. It was it was ridiculous. And they might have gotten one more in that. But it was it was unbelievable. Canada is a powerhouse. A powerhouse. Um they should win the gold. And one more thing. Nils van der Poel. Oh, I like that. From Sweden. Ah, Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. Um, I was watching this, and it was absolutely amazing. The 10,000-meter speed skating. This dude smashed the world record that he set previous. <laughs> smashed the record. It was... He was like... 14, 15 seconds faster than everybody else. It was... Wow. He just kept getting faster and faster and faster as the race went on. It was it was, it was, was crazy. The guy was awesome. It was amazing. So congrats to him. That was one of the highlights for me. Uh, I watched a lot of... I watched a lot of curling, snowboarding, giant Men's slalom. team's still in, in the curling as well, right? I saw that they won. Um, involved in it. I think the women. Yeah, got the it, uh, the mixed the mixed doubles. Uh, they did not do very well in, yeah. but uh, I believe they are still in it with the men's team. I don't know yeah. about women. It's I just. I, I think the fact that the Olympics. It's it's amazing that again you think about it, it's a four year journey, 
for yeah. a lot of these, yeah, you know, athletes. And the fact that you yeah. got to continuously push yourself for four years to have an opportunity that, again, could be over in you know one shot. It's it's right. amazing the uh, the uh, you know fortuity of these players and, and what they're able to continue to go through. And there's so many great stories in so many different yeah. countries. I know Jamaica had a, has a bobsled team again this year. It's been like 20 years since they were, they've done it. So uh, expect a new movie coming out. Cool Runnings too. Yeah. <laughs> cool I'm sure. Too. I'm sure. Um, but there's been so many good stories. Like I've I've seen so much, and you know it doesn't matter what country the yeah. athletes are from. You just sit Absolutely. and you watch it and you enjoy it and just root everybody on. You know. I appreciate I appreciate your uh, insight on the Olympics, my friend. As usual, you uh, you always come through when we need you. That's right. That's <laughs> so right. if you enjoy what you're watching check us out every friday night at 6 p.m we are live fan interactive on facebook what? youtube twitch and twitter you can follow us on social media at sports unfolded on facebook and twitter at broadcasting ri on twitter sports underscore unfolded on instagram if you don't have time to watch listen to us on amazon anchor google and spotify that's our podcasts we're on all of those platforms if you're in Southeast Connecticut, check us out on SEC TV. That is Public Access Channel 12 here in Southeast Connecticut. We are on every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. This It's a rebroadcast of this show on Friday night. If you enjoy what you're watching, check us out on Friday nights on those other platforms. If you'd like to sponsor the show, email us at rhodeislandbroadcasting.media at gmail.com. It's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And you can have your business broadcast worldwide on our show. We'd love to have some sponsors. We want to continue to grow this show and continue to do things. So check that out as well. So good times for you that last week, my friend. We are going into our predictions. And predictions. I'm going to bring that shot up right now. And there we go, my friend. Damn. So you, you are you are currently in the lead in wins, but Kenny is in the lead with percentage because <laughs> he's honestly what? crazy. Yeah, he needs to uh, sack up and 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 make sure and he does like more, all of our games. Give us more, and Dan. If you're still with us, uh, you know you, you're you're creeping. We need to we need to get. I know he said uh, the Bengals for the Super Bowl, so I'll give him that one. But if you'd like to, if you'd like to give your predictions. Do that, and then we can add you to the list, okay? So That'd be awesome. Here we go, my friend. Some some game coming on the uh, February 13th, I don't know, Super Bowl 56. I don't know if it's a big game or not. I said, well, let's let's just predict it. With Super the, Bowl? What is that? Is it like a giant bowl? Yeah, when you get your soup cereal? in. Yeah, you get soup in it. It's Super Bowl. Oh, S-O-U-P. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. Yes, we could start a whole thing. You know how they got the puppy bowl? Yeah. We could do a super bowl. That's I, I, right? I think we got we something have all there. the different soups and somebody who picks the soup to win. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Yeah. So the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals this Sunday, Super Bowl 56. Who do you got? I got the Rams. That's who I picked before the season started. That's who I'm riding. I, I agree with you, my friend. I agree with you. Anybody else out there? Anybody else want to chime in? Chakra? Dan? Dan Dan has got the bangles. I know that. I will write that. Oh, that's right. Dan's got the bangles. 
NBA action on the 15th, day after Valentine's. I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Not going to be that good for me. Dallas Mavericks at the Miami Heat. I'm going to go Miami. I'm going Dallas. Luca, man, is on a tear. I know he is. And I'm not I'm not downplaying him until I see him start to struggle again. Philadelphia 76 is at the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's on February 17th. Dan went Bengals. We got it. Yeah, what about that that Dallas at Miami Heat there, Dan? While I'm trying to figure out who I want with Philly and Milwaukee. Philly at Milwaukee. Possibly I'm going to go Milwaukee. James Harden. I'm going, I'm going Milwaukee. Well. I don't. I, I still don't know if Harden will even be playing then. And I think it's going to take a couple weeks for Philly to figure out everything they got. So NHL action with? on February 12th. Who did you go with? I just said I went Milwaukee as well. Oh, okay. Milwaukee. Fe- NHL action February 12th. Carolina Hurricanes at the Minnesota Wild. Carolina. Not going to go with the Wild, the young team, the exciting team. In the in sports and for the top five. Yep. No. I am going Carolina. No, you think? (laughs) I baited you on that one. I was trying. He's got Dallas, Dan. All right. February 16th, Colorado Avalanche at the Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado. I want to disagree with you, but I can't. It's hard to when you're dealing with Colorado. I don't know who might. Oh, Milwaukee. One different thing. Dan's going Milwaukee. We got one more game. Dan went Milwaukee as well. I'm going, I'm going to assume Mike means Milwaukee. It's a good, good assumption. Um, College basketball. And I had to bring it back hometown. And I used to love these games. Number 15. Villanova Wildcats at the number 11 Providence Friars. Friars are a sneaky good team this year. Yeah, I'm going with Providence. They're at home. They're at home. But the Wildcats, the last time we did this, they ended up beating UConn. Yep. Went wild. Dan went wild. So you're going Providence. Yep. I I, want to go Providence so bad. I'm going Providence as well. We got one difference this week, my friend. Yeah. Which means worst case scenario I win, we're tied again. Can't can't, yeah, so I, can't I can't fall behind then. Yeah. That's, uh, can't that's fall awesome. behind, but we could we could stay tied. Dan, Dan, stay tied. Vegas. Dan is going opposite us completely. I love it. I don't blame him. I don't blame I'd him. go opposite of you anytime. I'm picking the same things you're picking. So that... yeah, but I'm picking first. <laughs> oh, all right. We could change it up next week. How's that? So as we normally do, how we end our show. We do a final thought, and our final thought could be about anything, not necessarily just sports-related. I am first this week, so I will give you my final thought first. And my final thought, and the fact that I am even talking about this, makes me more upset. But to me, the NFL and their bias towards the New England Patriots has shown its true colors finally. He went Providence, all right. Has finally shown their true colors with this deflate gate story and how they tested footballs the following season and realized that the PSIs did change depending on the weather of a game. 
somehow this report has gotten lost now. Roger Goodell, during his his speech, uh, State of the Union at the Super Bowl, basically said he doesn't know what happened to the report. But they know that it was a sham. They suspended Tom Brady for four games, took away draft picks from the New England Patriots. And this was what we legitimately said it was from the beginning. Science. Air pressure and science. And somehow the NFL doesn't even have the audacity to apologize or to give the New England Patriots back their fines or a draft pick or something for your errors. And the fact that many people still to this day criticize Tom Brady that he's a cheetah when clearly he had nothing to do with it. Because, again, the weather played the factor and the NFL hit it because it benefited them to try to make sure the New England Patriots wouldn't win another championship, which they did anyway. So we got our revenge, but it'd be nice to hear on the other side them apologize for that sham of a scandal that they tried to create. That's, to me, where the NFL always shows that they try to be better than everybody else, and they're not. That was my final thought. They dropped the ball on almost everything. They're almost as bad as Almost. Like, they get everything wrong, Eric. Everything. You did hear me, right? Yeah, your audio is cutting in out a little bit, but you got it. I got the All majority right. of that. Your okay. Final so... My final thought is kind of a two-parter because there's two things I want to address. Um, so I'll go after Brad Marchand first. Um, first of all, you should be ashamed of your actions. I don't care what he said. If you can't handle words, then how are you even playing hockey? What, what's the old like, nursery? Sticks and stones may break my bones, uh, you know, but words you know, will never hurt me. Right? Look, this is this is this is this is hockey one oh one. You know, your opponent is gonna to try to get under your skin. What do you expect? What do you expect? You do it. You do it, Brad Marshall. But now you cost the team you you look like a bunch of fools last night playing against Carolina without Bergeron and yourself. You made the team really look bad, really look bad. And you should be ashamed of your actions. And you should, I hope that you have apologized to your teammates because you need to. Uh, my part B is Sean White. He has meant so much to not only the Olympic team, but all the hopefuls that, come in the future for the Olympics and, you know, X Games and all of those competitions with, with snowboarding and literally anything because he put those type of games on the map in the United States. Put them on the map. You know, yes, Tony Hawk came in with the skateboarding, but Sean White has done so much and has been on top for so long that he's made a difference in these sports because people want to be him. And they they put the work in and look at the results. Like we said, Chloe Kim, perfect example of the results from having Sean White. What a great career. And 
I hope that he becomes, you know, comment a commentator, you know, for mm -hmm. future events and the Olympics as well, because I'd like to hear what he has to say about all the future. That's and uh, before we leave, just want to uh, condolences, Bill Fitch, oh. Boston Celtics coach, uh, yeah. won the 1981 championship, Larry Bird. Yep, um, yep. passed away uh, this past week. So again, another, as we continue to lose him, um, but again, what he meant to the Boston Celtics in that start of that 80s era. Um, That's when I really started watching basketball. Right. When so Bill Fish was their coach. Yeah. So again, we, we continue in uh, Jeremy Giambi, another sad story. Um, and I'm sure more will come out with mm -hmm. that, but again, our condolences to that, to that family as well. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. We've had a lot of fan interaction. We appreciate it. Dan, You've been great. Chakra, thanks for joining. Uh, Manny as well. Paula, thanks for joining. You guys have been great. Check us out every Friday night, 6 p.m. live. Uh, follow us on uh, at Sports Unfolded on Facebook and Twitter, at Broadcasting RI on Twitter. Subscribe to our Twitch on Rhode Island Broadcasting as well. You guys have been amazing. Um, everybody out there that have watched live, thank you. Everybody that's going to watch afterwards, we appreciate you. And fans out there, take care. Peace. Take care, everyone.